It's that time. It's time for the best damn marketing podcast on the planet. Whether you want to sell more products, more services, get more customers, or just make more money. This is where you need to be. Coming to you straight from the trenches and reaching across the globe. It's the High Response Marketing Podcast. Featuring the postcard pioneer himself, Bob Ross. Welcome back, everyone. Great to be back on the weekly Wednesday format. Sometime I might I might add another day in here and maybe try to get two podcasts out a week, but I'm just trying to keep my head above water here and not get swallowed up whole by the, the incredible amounts of workload that I take on, which I love. I love every second of it. But uh, I am we're back on this weekly Wednesday schedule and really excited. We've got a great episode today. If you've read the title, you're probably wondering, what the heck? <laughs> the title of the of the episode today is Sleep With Me. And you could take a ride in my Ferrari. You got to be wondering what the heck is up with that title. It's all going to make sense. Don't worry. But first of all, I want to let everyone know that the contract, everyone's emailing me left and right. I'm getting emails and Facebooks and every, every from all different angles, even text. Some, so some of you guys are texting me. When's the contract or cash course out? When's it coming out? When's it going to be available for the elite membership? Well, it's almost here. I have recorded this thing. I've spent probably 10 hours of recording it and wasn't happy with it. And a couple times I fell asleep near the end because I have to do them late at night and uh, when, when, when you can't hear the kids and I can't do it in my office because you'll hear the employees. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. So it's almost, it's almost ready. I have everything ready to be done. I just have to record it and I can record it in probably three or four hours. It's just a matter of me finding the time to have complete quiet for three or four hours is really hard to do very soon. I'm trying to get this thing out there. If you don't know what the contractor cash course is, it's the, it's the biggest, probably most in depth course that I've ever put out. And it's about how to generate a lot of business for contractors, how to make money from contractors and just, just, uh, it works on both ways. The contractors are going to love it. You're going to love it. Everyone's going to make money. It is, if you're ever going to deal with that niche, you've got to have this because it's, I, I have no qualms about saying this is the best course that's related to contractor marketing in existence. There's nothing else that's better than this. Totally worth it. If you're a subscribing elite member at highresponsemarketing.com, it's going to be uploaded right in there. You don't have to pay any extra for it or anything. If you, if you're not a subscribing member, I'm going to put it up for sale. I have no clue what I'll sell it for. I don't know, but this thing is a monster of a course and it's very easy to go through. It's about 37 videos, which sounds crazy. At one point, I think I had over 50, but I've, I've whittled everything down. It's 37 videos with download, downloadable audio. So if you're not a video type of person, but there's some visual stuff that you have to see on there. You can download the whole thing on audio, listen to it while you're driving, while you're sleeping, while you're whatever. Uh, amazing stuff. And the best thing, which has taken me so long on this, is really getting it narrowed down to something where you don't have to go through the entire course to get value from. Like if you want to just, if you're scanning through the videos and you see, okay, this thing interests me, I can go to that. You don't have to go through this massive course, even though it's it would be nice for you to go through the whole thing from start to scratch. You could just get it get to the stuff that you want, learn some of the stuff that you did you want to use. And it's all, it's all right there in, in little bite-sized chunks. So that's going to be uploaded any day. Now I'll try to keep you updated. Just a matter of time of me getting it recorded On to today's episode. 
when you pitch, this is actually going to be about pitching. And if you've gone through, if you're an elite member, highresponsemarketing.com, and you've uh, gone through the 9 by 12 perfect pitch, this, is, this all ties in with that. I'm giving some of that content out for free today to anyone that's listening. Uh, you guys are going to love this. When you pitch a business owner or even a, a, anyone, or even if you're just trying to persuade someone, when you're making some kind of pitch to them, every little thing that you say will create some kind of reaction. I don't think most of you probably realize how uh, powerful that is and how important it is. Every phrase, every word, everything, how you look, how you present yourself, even the tone of your voice will all cause some kind of conclusion to the prospect that they'll form in their head. They're gonna, their brain is going to be trying to guess what it is that you're doing. Are you a threat? Are you trying to sell them something? Are you, do you sound trustworthy? Are you, are you believing this? So they may come to the conclusion that they don't trust you and everything else gets shut out. Or maybe they do trust you. Maybe they're interested in what you're saying. Every little thing that you say, everything, every little word that you say will contribute to that. Of whether they're, they're interested in hearing more, receptive to hearing more, or whether they just shut you out. So it's really important because it's, it's hard as hell to, it's pretty much impossible to try to get them to go from not being attentive to being attentive. You have to get them attentive at first and, and hold that attention. Most of you, I'd, I'd say probably 95%, maybe even higher, 98% of you are saying things that are, that are backfiring right off the bat. You're kind of cutting your own throats right off the bat, and you don't even know it. You don't even realize it yet. Let me give you an example. Say you're pitching 9x12s, and you're in front of the owner. You've shaken hands, and your pitch, you know that these are short pitches. Your pitch is, for $500, you can have a space on my 9x12 mailer. It's going out next month to 10,000 people in Orlando. Well, that's a no-nonsense lay-it-out-there pitch, right? That's just everything. For 500 bucks, you can have a space on this 9 by 12 mailer. I'm sending it out to ne next month to 10,000 people across Orlando. You've, put it, you've laid it all out on the line. You can see if they want it or not. It's that kind of pitch. Just here's what I've got. Do you want it or not? It, it goes along with the, either they're going to get it or they're not going to get it strategy. Don't waste your time. Either they get it. Don't waste your time trying to get them the ones who don't get it. Just lay it out there and see. If not, move on to the next. But that's not actually the best way to pitch. Now, granted, you've actually given them an offer that's really valuable. To uh, advertise on a 9 by 12 that's going out to 10,000 people locally for only 500 bucks is a great value. But the far majority of the people that you're you're saying that to aren't going to grasp what you're offering. They're not going to understand that value because they're shell shocked by all the information you just gave them. Some of that information they may not even like. They got shell shocked. They're, they're just, they're turned off. You gave them too much with that kind of pitch. You're giving everything you've got right up front and then you're forcing them to basically say yes or no. It's like, it's like, let me just give them everything I've got and cross my fingers. They say yes. 
There's no interaction. There's no engagement. The whole pitch is over in like a minute. And there's, there's not much room for to discuss anything. And it's just, it's kind of awkward. If you break that, that simple sentence down, the pitch is, I bet most of you have a one sentence pitch. There's actually eight critical pieces of information that were just thrown at them. When you say for $500, you can have a space on my nine by 12 mailer. That's going out next month to 10,000 people in Orlando. You've given them eight pieces of information, major pieces of information. One, you've given them $500. That's a major piece of information. You said the word space. I have a space. That's a piece of information. It said nine by 12. That's a piece of information. Mailer. That's a piece of information. You said next month. That's a piece of information. You said 10,000. That's a piece of information. You said people. It's another piece of information. And you said Orlando. So there's eight major pieces of information that you've given all in one sentence and you've thrown it at them like a, like a pile of rocks. You're expecting them to suddenly process all of that in their head and make a decision as to whether they should pull out their wallet right now or, or tell you to go kick rocks. You can't do it. Some people can. But the majority can't process all that stuff. Or do they just pick bits and pieces of what you said and they make a decision based on there? Maybe they hear something they don't like and that throws the whole thing off. They don't like it. They're, they're done. They're, their brain is shut down. It's whatever you're saying. You've expected them to analyze something that's really requires a lot of analyzation. You don't have to analyze it because you're already in tune with it. You are already familiar with this. They're not. It makes sense to you, but it, it hasn't made sense to them yet in a lot of cases. So it's with, with that much information, it makes sense to cut some of it out. Give them, make it a little bit easier on the prospects. They don't have to, they don't have to process all of that at once. Otherwise you're going to get people that say either say yes. Yeah, I'll do it. Or you're going to get in most cases, people say, I got to think about it or no, not interested. They'll give you that. I got to think about it when they're really not interested. It's really no different. When you say a sentence like that, it's no different then if you were to tell a, let's say you're a guy and you went up to a girl that you were just introduced to and you said something like, if you sleep with me, you can ride in my Ferrari. I'll drive it 150 mile an hour. We'll go to dinner in Orlando next week. How do you think that would come across if you, <laughs> as a girl, you just meet a guy, maybe he seems like a nice guy. And all of a sudden he says, hey, if you sleep with me, we can ride in his Ferrari and he's going to drive at 150 miles an hour and take me to dinner in Orlando next week. I mean, there's like you would run for the hills, right? It's too much. It's like, holy crap, this guy's crazy. I can't process any of that. No, I'm just going to shut it down. <laughs> Maybe get some gold digger that says, yeah, let's do it. But it's not the right person. Uh, and it's not going to happen very often. The majority of cases, they're going to get scared and shut you down. In that, in that sentence, in that pitch, sleep with me, go to my Ferrari, dribble, drive at 150 miles an hour, go to dinner. 
in Orlando, those are virtually identical pieces of information as the 9 by 12 pitch. They're basically the same pitch, just with different words. So I want to show you how to add a little strategy to your pitch so that you accomplish the goal that you want without getting shut down. Because you can, probably in both cases, you can still reach the same goal. It's just how you're going to arrive at that goal is what you have to be a little more tactful about. First of all, your ultimate goal shouldn't really be brought up in the pitch because they're not going to, your goals are not their goals. They don't care about your goals. They care about theirs. What's in it for them? In a good pitch, your goal should always just be a byproduct or a natural logical conclusion that the problem goes away with. The plumber doesn't want to fix the pipe. He wants the 500 bucks. You want the pipe fixed. And in order to do that, it's just a byproduct that you have to pay 500 bucks to do it. If the, if the plumber comes up to you and says, ma'am, for $500, I'll replace the pipe with a Magnus strength Zarkarbian tubing that'll withstand 200,000 PSI pressure, but I'll do it Thursday. It, it's, you're not going to get a very good reaction to that. First of all, when someone says for $500 right away, it's, it's going to shut the person right down. You're giving information, you're giving really critical information way too soon. Just by saying $500, you kill everything. Someone's going to base whatever you're saying on by the, by just that 500 bucks. I don't care what it is. I don't want to spend 500 bucks. So if you move that $500 to the end or you just eliminated it, you're going to be able to get your, your point across better. You're going to be able to persuade them better so that they can naturally come up with the conclusion that it's going to take 500 bucks to do it. They become more attentive because you're not turning them away with information that, they, that might backfire. Still, there's, there's way too much information given. Uh, in the plumber's case, he said Magnus Strength Zarkarbian tubing. They don't know what that is. Why say it? Same as the 9x12. They don't know what 9x12 is, but I bet a lot of you say, I've got this 9x12 mailer. We know what a 9x12 is. They don't know what the heck that means. They've probably never heard that term in their life, so why say it? They're going to make some kind of assumption of 9x12, which probably seems like something they don't want, because it doesn't make any sense to them. So why say it? It's the same as the Ferrari. They don't care. You may get a, our 9x12 is the, it's the best things in sliced bread for direct mail. But that doesn't, that they don't care. It may backfire. There's girls that may not want a guy that drives a Ferrari. If you say it too soon, they're just going to make these broad assumptions that it's something they don't want. So don't say things that could backfire. Say them when they won't backfire. The, the plumber also said 200,000 PSI of pressure. They don't care how much pressure it takes. It doesn't, it's not that they don't care. It's just that they haven't given, been given a reason to care yet. So if, you, if the plumber says this thing will take up to 200,000 PSI or 20,000 PSI, well, maybe, the, maybe the, the customer's thinking, I don't, what, do I need that? Maybe that's more than I need. Maybe I'll go with something cheaper. It's, maybe it's too much. Or they might think in the other way and say, that's too little. I'm looking for, for something more. Is that too small? 
So when we say 10,000 cards, what's the purpose? What is the purpose of saying this is going to 10,000 people or I'm sending 10,000 of these out? And I'm willing to bet that most of you have never even even entertained the thought of not saying 10,000 or 5,000 or however many you send. You probably think that that's your big your big selling point when really it's it's something that they can actually that can backfire. It's information that they you don't have to give yet. That could go south. You don't know what these business owners think of the word 10,000. They may think a 10,000 piece mailing is too little. They may be doing veil packs that go out to 100,000. 10,000 is nothing. They also may think 10,000 pieces going out is way too many than I need. So don't say it. Don't say it yet. Don't give the whole point of this is not to give information too soon. You have to strategically release the information. Same with times. If you say it's going out next month, you don't really, that's like a gray area because it's, it, it is going out next month and it's, it, and it's okay to say that, but you've got to be aware that some people may think, oh, this thing's happening next month. I'm not interested next month. It's not the, it's not the season. It's not the big season for me. You're, they're going to turn off whatever you're telling them based on some kind of in information that you didn't have to give out yet. So in almost any pitch, there's going to be multiple major pieces of information. You have to be aware of, of when and how you're, you're releasing that information. If you're following me, the point is that you're giving just way too much out. There's, there's only so much that a person can, can process. So my advice is to give them just enough information to ask you for more information. And you keep repeating the process. Sales are made when there's interaction, when people, when it's two way sales aren't one way. It's not like I'm going to show you this. You're going to say yes or no. And we're done. It doesn't work like that. You'll have a very difficult time if you try to sell doing it like that. Sales are made when there's interaction between two people. Maybe ultimately you want to sleep with that girl or guy. Maybe you want to marry her. That's your goal. But you just don't go up to him and tell him, hey, if you sleep with me or you marry me, I'll do this. It doesn't work like you scare him off. So just running real quick through that first pitch for 500 bucks, you can have a space on my 9x12 mailer that's going out next month to 10,000 people in Orlando. We want to be aware of the words like 500, space, 9x12, mailer, next month, 10,000 people in Orlando. All of those things have, have certain things that can either go push them forward or put or backfire. Our goal is ultimately to get $500, but we can't mention that. We got to get rid of that. We have to get them to ask. Isn't that much better if they ask you, how much is this world of difference better? What if every time you went and pitched someone, they said, Hey, how much is that? I, I'm pretty sure you'd agree with me that uh, it would be much better sales, much better experience for you and them when that happens. Your pitch, your opening line should be stripped down so much that you'll you'll have the very best chance of moving to the next step. You want to eliminate anything that's gonna that's gonna cause a hurdle to reaching that that just small next step. 
And the next step should really be them asking you a question. If you say the word space, is that needed? Do you need to say a space? What kind of, what is that going to form in their head? Is there a repercussion possible? If you say nine by 12, is that necessary? Do they even know what a nine by 12 is? Couldn't you replace that by a word like big or large, something that they do understand? Mailer. If you say this mailer, will that draw any negative response? Just, just think about that. If you say next month, what, how, what, what might go through their head? 10,000 went through people. When you say the word people, something as harmless as the word people will still have them react one, some way. It might not be good. Maybe they want to hit businesses. Maybe they want to hit homeowners. Was it something that you may be able to replace that word with that helps get them to that next little step? Uh, the same with the town. If you just say Orlando, maybe they, maybe they don't want to hit Orlando. Maybe you want to replace it with a word like local and get them to ask you where it's going. So if, you're, if your pitch eliminated the, the 10000 part, the price part, some of those really critical pieces of information, if you eliminate it, if you stripped it down, you could have something like this that has much less information given and is natural to get a response that's something you're looking for. So if you said, hey, I own so-and-so business down the road, and I'm getting some local business owners together to share this big postcard I'm sending out locally to promote local business, I thought maybe you'd like to check it out and hand them the card. If you were to analyze that pitch, there's hardly anything in there that they can think negatively about. They might be able to come up with the fact that it's a postcard. Maybe they don't like postcards or it's being shared with other business owners, but you're saying I'm getting some local business owners together. There's not too many people that will think bad about that. Uh, sending something out locally. Can't really think bad about that. Promoting local business. Can't really think bad about that. I thought maybe you'd like to check it out. It's very nonchalant, casual. It opens the door for interaction. It now puts the ball in their court to take the next step. And guess what? They have to now respond. And if there's any interest at all, any, they'll ask one of two things. What does this cost? Or how many are you sending? That's going to be the two major things they're going to say. Well, oh, what is, what is this cost? Or how many are you sending out? Because you haven't told them that information. It's really critical information. Imagine instead of getting no's, they asked you, what does this cost? Or how many are going out? Or where are you sending them? Wouldn't that be awesome? And that's what this kind of pitch does. You're building in that interaction. And you've got a critical piece of information obtained by their answer. If someone says, I'm not interested, and you haven't told them the, the price or the quantity or anything, get out of there. If they're saying they're not interested and you haven't even, they don't even know how much it costs, they don't know how many are going out, get out. Because legitimately, if they don't care about those things, they're, there's no reason to, to bother trying to convince them. But most of the time, they're going to ask either the price or the quantity. 
And that's a big piece of information, too. What do they first ask? Someone who asks about price says, how much does this cost? Before you've even told them how many are going out, they're either broke and they're, all they think about is price. doesn't matter how many are going out or they just need to be educated a little more. And either way, you'll be able to rope them back into how many is going. Well, that depends on how many are going out. And you've repeated this process where now they have to ask. They have to interact to figure all this stuff out, which is what you want. Someone who asks you quantity before even asking the price, that's what, that's what we live for. Those are the things that real buyers, the ones that have money, they're going to spend money, that can, that can spot value. It's like, a, it's like a burst of energy when someone says that. Well, where are these going out? And you can get, you'll notice if you start pitching this way, you'll get 10 minutes into the conversation and they, you price won't even have came up. Won't matter. They're looking to find out all the information about where it's going, what, uh, when it's going, how many are going out. And then the price comes up. They're, they're looking for things to analyze the price against. And those are the people that will get it. Those are the people that will, and you'll have this great relationship with them because you've just sat there for five, six, 10 minutes and you're, and they're, they're inquisitive. Now I'm not going to go any further because I think this is plenty of information for you to soak in right now, but if you want more, you can, and you want to see where I go further into the pitch and how I handle different things, uh, just sign up at highresponsemarketing.com. You can check it out for a month, see if you like it. There's a ton of content in there. I've got in, an in-depth tutorial on this as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. Plus, you get access into the Facebook group. We've got an amazing Facebook community where it's, it's all of us doing the same kind of things. We're supporting each other and sharing things that are working and things that aren't. and Just a great place to be. But before I go, I know that some of you are probably thinking, well, this sounds a little dishonest, Jake. I'll get some emails. Like, you know, I don't really like how this isn't really very honest. I feel like I, I don't feel comfortable holding back information and not telling them everything. And what I have to say to that is, look, there's a big difference between being dishonest and holding back information strategically. In this world, if you're dealing with people, Maybe aliens are different. I don't know. But if you're dealing with people, if you're trying to persuade a person to do something that you want or that's good for them, you'll have much better success if you're tactful about it and hold stuff back until the right time. Let's say you're a devout, born-again Christian. Well, you know that it's your obligation to spread the word and try to convert people to Christianity, right? Do you just go out and start telling people that they're going to hell? No. I think you guys probably know there's that crazy church in Kansas or something where they do that and they're, and they're nuts. But you don't, you don't do that. <laughs> when your best friend's grandmother dies and they're Roman Catholics, do you, do you tell your friend, ah, I hope, hope your grandma's having fun getting stabbed by Satan right now? At least when, when you die, you'll get to sear down there too, unless you become a Christian. No, you don't do that. If you, even though in your heart, you know, that's the truth. They're, they're, your grandma's and his grandmother's in hell and he's going there with her. You don't say it because it'll backfire. It'll, 
It'll not only sour your relationship, but it'll probably sour their entire view on Christianity. That's why business owners are so pissed at marketers in general. That's why homeowners are so pissed at contractors in general. They've, the bad ones have ruined it all for us. If, if you had more tact and you released information in a, in a strategic manner, eventually your friend may come to the realization that he's, he's on the highway to hell and he wants to do something about it. So back to our lonely guy who's, who's looking for a role in the hay. If he offers to, to pick up his new female love interest to dinner and she asks, oh, what car should I look for in the driveway? And he says, oh, I've got a Ferrari. She's going to be way more impressed, right? Than if he's first thing he said is, I got a, a Ferrari. Let's go to dinner if you sleep with me. She's now she, he's just inviting her to dinner. She says, what should I look for to pick? For you to pick me up in and he says a ferrari she's gonna be floored she's gonna be impressed and then while driving she might ask how fast can this go and he says oh it could go 150 miles an hour and she's thinking this just keeps getting better and better then maybe at the end of the night it might just be a natural byproduct that she sleeps with him and he he gets his goal that's it i'm out of here i gotta get back to business i hope you guys love this and any questions please let me know in comments or facebook or email or whatever